Welcome to the CTNNB1 Connect and Cure podcast, your go-to place to hear the latest information, research, and happenings going on in the CTNNB1 community. Tune in to find comfort, community, and connection. Welcome back to the Connect and Cure podcast. I have my very first live guest today. I have Lauren Cochran joining us. Um, and this is my first time having a live guest and her first time being on a podcast. So you'll have to bear with us as we finagle through this today. So welcome, Lauren. Would you like to start? Yeah. Would you start like to tell us a little bit about you? Yeah. So my name is Lauren. Um, I have three children, um, an almost nine-year-old, which is wild to me. And then my five-year-old and a 21-month-old. And my middle child is Declan, who has CTNNB1 syndrome. Um, I have been part of advancing CTNNB1 cures and treatments since its inception. And now extremely proud of how we've evolved um, in merging with Seesaw and adding so many wonderful um, board members and parents that have gotten involved in our organization and our rebranded um, CTNNB1 Connect and Cure. So really excited about the future for the organization. Yeah, it's definitely been a process of us joining these two groups together, mm-hmm. especially with COVID. It took oh, us it. yeah, <laughs> it took a little bit of extra time, but we did not give up. So the reason exactly. I brought Lauren on today is she is planning a major research conference for us for this summer. And I know just with the one I planned in Moline, it becomes everything you think about and you talk about and kind of just consumes your life. Um, so I wanted to check in with her today and have her share um, with us today what we can expect um, this June. So Lauren, would you like to go ahead and Um, share with us a little bit? Sure. Do you want me to start with um, a little background on kind of the natural history study? That would be wonderful. So there's really two parts to this conference, and we kind of smushed them together in an effort since we're going to have people coming for the conference anyway to kind of piggyback on that and do a really important data collection, which is a contract we signed with Columbia University. It's gonna be overseen um, by Dr. Wendy Chung. And that's gonna be a natural history study, which is really important for our gene and for kind of just a better understanding um, of the disease really and how it presents. Um, It's also really important for us as we start to think a little bit more about clinical trials and clinical trial preparedness Um, that we have kind of a starting point for the children and then that'd be kind of like a control and then seeing if they are, you know, taking some sort of a therapeutic intervention, how those children improve over time. So this is um, a big project for us and something we're really, really excited um, that we're going to be able to do. Um, So that's going to be taking place on the 22nd and the 23rd leading up to the conference. Um, there is a separate site or kind of event page, I'm sorry, on our website that's just for the natural history study. And you have to sign up. There's a link um, that's like a HIPAA compliance secure link with Columbia University that you sign up for um, separately from the actual conference. Um, and there's also a, like a contact listed there, Sean Columbia, Columbia um, and his direct email address for specific questions if it's something that... Um, I can't address directly. Wonderful. So that's all laid out there for us to do that. So that's laid out there. So really what that's going to entail is there's a, there's a 
like that link that where you fill out a form and it's going to ask you, you know, what your child is able to do. And, and there's something that every child who wants to participate um, in the natural history study, something that they can participate in, whether that's going to be a motor assessment. Um, if your child's verbal, they're able to participate in a um, neuropsych evaluation. Um, there's EEG, there's going to be blood draws. There's going to be a lot of different ways um, for your child to participate and be part of this really important study. Um, so everyone should go on that link who is interested in having their child be part of that study um, and fill it out. And then Sean and his team will match assessments based on what your child is going to be able to participate in and then give you kind of a schedule for those two days. That's super exciting. It's a lot going on for our it kids. Is. Very mm-hmm. cool. So that will be pre-leading up to the speakers and the research conference part of it which will be on Saturday. So can you kind of give us a rundown of what Saturday you hope to look like, even if you don't have everything timed out to the minute, who's going to be speaking and what we can expect to hear? Definitely. So there's going to be those assessments taking place on the 22nd and 23rd. And I just want to note, and it's written in there, for some people that are beginning assessments on the 22nd, they may be expected if they're traveling to arrive on the 21st, because it's really important that we kind of see your child Um, or for the evaluators at Columbia, that they see your child kind of at peak performance. We don't want to um, kind of, you know, skew those results. So um, for people that are traveling, if he gives you an an early morning on the 22nd, that they have like a night of, you know, rest the night before. Um, So that'll take place on the 22nd and 23rd. And then we actually are going to be hosting a welcome reception the evening of the 23rd um, at Drew University. This is all going to take place um, at Drew University. So we'll have a welcome reception. Families can um, get to meet each other, which I think is going to be really nice. Um, And then we'll kick off the actual conference the morning of the 24th. Um, Annie, you and I kind of talked about this right before we got on the podcast. Depending on the number of people that sign up for the natural history study, I think we have kind of budgeted for 30 spots um, that we're trying to kind of work within those parameters. Um, If if everyone kind of fills up those spots, we may kind of go up right up into the kind of welcome reception Friday. If there is wiggle room, we may try to add a speaker in Friday late afternoon. But right now it's looking like what's going to be happening Friday evening for kind of everyone coming in is that welcome reception, which I'm anticipating kind of starting around five ish um, at Drew University. And we'll be sure to send details of exactly where on campus And then we'll kick off the conference um, probably about nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday. I know when we were in Um, Moline, the welcome parts that night before was kind of good because everybody could kind of get their nerves out, you know, and talk a little bit. And I feel like it made the next day better when you can meet for that first time. So if everybody can, I definitely suggest you make it to the welcome reception. I agree, just because I think that we have so much packed into the day on Saturday that there's not going to be as much time to really kind of just candidly talk as as there would be for a Friday. Um, So we'll do our best to kind of build as much time as possible. But um, I think it will be a nice kind of, I don't know, it's going to be very like emotional too to to meet all these families that you see on Facebook and, you know, talk to on online and but to actually meet in person and I think for a lot of people traveling with their child if their child's participating in the study um, at least for me I think about that a lot I think it's going to be you know very emotional and kind of like a big 
you know, it's a big, big deal. Definitely. I mean, I even think about you and I, we've been on Zoom meetings and we have virtually- I know, but we've never met her. Yeah, we've seen each other for years yeah. now. So I think um, it's going to be very overwhelming for many people in different ways. Surreal. <laughs> so what's Saturday going to look like? So we're going to kick off. And I think the beginning right now, when I'm kind of looking at booking travel and such um, based on speaker availability, I think kind of the morning chunk of it will be more research based is kind of how it's shaking out right now. Um, Wendy Chung from Columbia will be speaking. Um, I'm still like, don't hold me to any of these topics. These are all very preliminary that we're working through, but I think she'll be speaking obviously to kind of the Simon Searchlight project, but also to kind of the rare disease landscape um, in general and other rare diseases like our own that, you know, have made it to trial kind of progress um, in the general um, landscape. So she's very involved in many, many different neurological diseases. And I think she'll be a great kind of keynote speaker um, we're also going to have Jerry Cox. He sits on our medical advisory board. He's at a Boston Children's Hospital um, and Harvard. Um, and I'm kind of planning on structuring or asking him to structure his talk really about the path to clinical trial and kind of all those steps that are involved and that we're currently um, tackling in order to get to a trial. Um, and he's very knowledgeable having brought, you know, many other drugs to trial um, so I think that he'll be a great kind of keynote speaker to give you a lay of the land of what that looks like. And then we will, of course, have Michelle Jacob and her postdoc, Jonathan Alexander, talk about all the updates on the current research that we've funded through Tufts University, which I think they'll have some really exciting updates to share with the community. So really looking forward to that. Um, she's been very busy in her lab. Mark Corbett, he's going to be joining virtually. He's from the University of Adelaide in Australia, um, and he is the um, doctor that published that article that was circulating around about the percentage of misdiagnosed cere cerebral palsy cases and how CTNMB1 was the number one kind of gene that was implicated in causing a, a, a cerebral palsy-like um, symptoms, but it was actually genetic in origin. So he's going to come on and talk to us about his paper and his research. Um, we've spoken to him several times. He's his work's very interesting. Um, I think it's going to really help us as we try to look for, um, you know, additional cases of CTNMB1 within the CP community. Um, and then Jennifer Seidman, she's from the Courageous Parents Network. Um, she's going to be speaking, um, really talking more from the um, parent aspect, the family aspect of having a child with special needs, um, how that really shapes and changes who you are and the dynamic of your family. So we're working on some really interesting topics. She was highly recommended by Effie. So I have the utmost faith, faith in who Effie is recommending. And I spoke to her. Um, she's, I think, going to be a really wonderful speaker for our community um, to touch on some of those topics that we really see come up on that Facebook page. And she's, um, I think, going to be really helpful in guiding us in our community. Um, and then additionally, Tony King and his wife are going to be speaking. Um, they have a teenage son with CTNNB1. Um, I love, he sits on our medical, on our um, advisory kind of board for um, research and love speaking with him and their kind of general way of living. And I think 
I loved his post about his son being Mr. Freshman um, and it's high school. So I think that'll be really inspirational. Um, and I'm hoping that Spila will be joining us to talk about um, that recent paper that was published um, on the phenotype, genotype, phenotype um, essay that they worked on. So I'm, we may have some other additional speakers. I think we will have many, some additional speakers, but those are kind of the preliminary that we um, we're looking at right now. Sounds like an incredible day that nobody's going to want to miss. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. A lot to look forward to. One of the big questions that's been asked on Facebook is um, with children and siblings and traveling, will there be extra help to help with the kids during the presentations? Yes. So such a good question. And I have seen that come up. So there's um, within the Anger Center, which is where the conference is going to be taking place, there's a large conference room. And then we've booked like additional kind of meeting spaces. It's all within the same building, literally, like just you walk right down the hall. Um, so we have a, a space, an additional space secured with like a big screen TV. We're working with um, Seton Hall University, which is a university in New Jersey that has a big OTPT program. Um, which is actually where my sister-in-law went to OT school. So um, to get volunteers. So we've already been in contact with them. They think that they'd have great interest in volunteering to help watch the kids and kind of engage with the children. This would be for the CTN and B1 kiddos, but also for um, siblings. Um, I think for some families traveling, they might bring a grandparent if they, if they feel like their child needs additional support. But I mean, Annie, you you had said in the Moline that you had good success with the kids kind of being mixed and just hanging out. So I'm hoping that, you know, if we have the right toys in there, in addition to some students um, and, you know, other volunteers that will be able to amuse them. And there's always television if um, if they start to get bored. So that's we're planning on, you know, really doing our best to provide child care um, so that parents can sit and, you know, watch the conference. Definitely. I think that's what helped made our Moline event what it was is having that extra help because I think as special needs parents, a lot of times we don't just get to sit down and fully listen when people are talking because we're always worried about what our kids are doing and where they're at. Um, So that will be um, awesome to have the opportunity for us to be able to step away for a minute and be able to tune in and really listen to what they're talking about. Definitely. So would you call this uh, like a formal or informal event? Like as far as when the parents are there, what should they expect? For the conference itself? Yeah. I think it's going to be rather formal just because we have such kind of a robust lineup of speakers thus far. So it's going to be a pretty, you know, packed schedule, although we're going to try to, you know, build in some time like lunch where um, families can just interact um, just really trying out parents are people are traveling and a big part of this is getting to meet each other. But I also feel like it's really important to, um, you know, have as many kind of relevant speakers to what we're working on um, presenting as possible. So it's going to be a balancing act, but um, we're going to do our best to kind of build in, build in both. And hopefully um, maybe in the later afternoon on Saturday, there could be some downtime too. Awesome. So I know, I think you said you're not 100% on this answer, but we've also seen a lot of parents wonder if they have to be in um, the studies in order to be considered later on for clinical trials. So I think, you know, I reached out to Sean at Columbia for kind of more of an official answer, and I will post that on Facebook um, when I receive it. 
in the many conversations that we've had with Wendy and her team, my understanding is that no, your child does not have to be in the natural history study to be considered for a future clinical trial. However, um, that said, it's beneficial to have, you know, your child be evaluated because then all that baseline data is already collected on them. It's a very costly um, process. Um, and I think it's only to kind of the benefit to to have that kind of baseline data on your child. But I but in no way does it prohibit your child from being involved in a future clinical trial um, if they are not able to participate in that natural history study. And on the flip side of that, just because you're doing the study doesn't mean you have to participate in the clinical trials once they happen. Correct. N- no, you're not obligated in any way to participate. We'd like to see, I mean, hopefully there are, you know, a percentage of the children that are participating in the natural history study whose parents are interested in a clinical trial, um, but you're not in any way like bound that you have to participate in it now. Wonderful. So are you going to be posting um, information as it comes in and updating stuff? And um, will that all be on the website then? I think the best place just not to inundate the Facebook page. I mean, if something really um, pertinent comes up, we can post on the Facebook page. But um, this kind of event section on the website, um, which I posted kind of a direct link when we announced it, um, that's going to be updated. For example, um, the Madison Hotel, we're working on signing a contract. I should get the code for the booking. Um on Monday. So I will update with that code so that there's kind of a guaranteed rate if that's where parents want to stay. Um, for the Hyatt, I wrote that, that they wanted us to like sign a financial obligation to book those rooms, which I did not really feel comfortable because I had kind of no sense of where everyone was going to want to stay. Um, so if you are interested in the Hyatt in Morristown, which is like a lively downtown, it's it's nice. Um, just email me directly at lauren at curectnb1.org and I'll collect the number of people that are kind of really set on the Hyatt before we kind of book a room block. I think you may have seen also that there's going to be dorm rooms and I'm going to go tour them hopefully soon at Drew University that parents can book. That's going to be a pretty affordable option to be right on campus. Um, it might be a good option for those families that are participating in the natural history study. Um, so that you would just email me directly if you're interested in learning more about that. Okay. Maybe it'd be helpful too, if you could snap a couple photos, cause I know it's always hard yeah. um, envisioning things. So maybe while you're on your tour, if you could snap a couple photos for us and post those on that website. I'm hoping they'll let me like into an actual dorm room that there's like not a like kids living right moment. but yes <laughs> if I can take pictures I certainly will that would be wonderful all right any last minute things you want to share with us on what we can expect this summer or any advice or just anything at all yeah I think some people were asking about things to do so Drew University is located within walking distance to downtown Madison New Jersey which is a really cute um downtown there's like restaurants and bakeries and breakfast shops and lots of different things that you could do within downtown Madison. Um, The Madison hotel is a bit further so that you'd probably have to take a car from the hotel to downtown Madison, but the university itself is in within walking distance. So there's, you know, things to do. I don't know how long people 
are planning on staying, um, but those participating in the natural history study will have some downtime. Um, so that's just nice to know that there's, you know, things to do in the downtown. Um, and I can actually, you know, when we get a little bit closer, I can send kind of a list of different places to visit within kind of downtown Madison. There's um, lots of different things you can do as a family there. Awesome. That sounds really exciting. Got a lot to look yeah, forward to. Be- yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think one thing I can put out to the community is we're trying to look for um, sponsors to help us fund part of the event. So if anyone knows of like a local business, I mean, it can be a very small donation, but even just to help with some of the catering costs, um, I like have, um, we developed a sponsorship proposal form. So I can send it directly out to anyone in the community and they can use it um, to send and see if maybe we can get some small donations or some small sponsorships um, to help us um, pay for pay for the event. Um, I'd be happy and very eager to send that along. So please reach out if, if you know of maybe a local business that might um, be interested in helping us um, cover some, you know, some part of the event cost. That's a wonderful way for us to help. Or like t-shirt company, printing company, if anyone has any connections just to help us cut down on cost, um, we would be very thankful. Yeah. And that's nice with us all being so far away is how we could do our part in helping out to make this a successful day for everyone. Definitely. Wonderful. Lauren, I appreciate you so much coming on with me today, kind of giving us the scoop on what to expect this summer. Um, I know I can just, you know, advise everybody as I did in my last podcast. I know traveling sometimes is difficult with our children um, and financially it's difficult on us. But if there's any way you can make this happen, I promise you it's nothing. You'll, you won't regret a thing. It will be an amazing day um, like nothing else. So thank you so much for coming on today, Lauren. I appreciate you. And I can't believe you joined me on your birthday of all days. So I hope you have a birth- happy birthday and a good rest of your day. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Annie. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. This has been the CTNNB1 Connect and Cure podcast, a place for CTNNB1 family and friends to come together for support and to build community. We hope this podcast continues to be a place where you can go for the latest CTNNB1 information.